I did alright in my exams after that, but not brilliantly. Weed, tutors included, all overestimated just how much work I could achieve in such a short space of time. And I came up short, which meant once again, I had to retake some of the modules the following year. <gasps> but that wasn't a surprise, nor really a hindrance, because I still had another year to go anyway. The end of the exams also marked the end of the tenancy at Lambrook. And one by one, I watched my best friends leave Bristol and go back to their respective homes for good. It was painful to watch, and not only because they'd finished and were leaving me behind, but mainly because those three remained the best housemates and friends I'd ever had. No house I lived in after that would ever compare. I knew that for a fact, but what upset me the most was that I had a bunch of friends I could truly rely on, who had been there for me through thick and thin, through the highs and the lows, and if I ever needed them again, it was near enough impossible because they'd be hundreds of miles away. Nathaniel left first, Layers, bruv. followed by Calvin. Safe journey, man. And then Jordan. It's been a pleasure, bro. Leaving me in the house on my own for over two weeks. And as I wasn't going back home for the summer, due to working commitments, I would have nowhere to live for the remainder of that summer. But was given the opportunity to stay with Lauren and her housemates until my new house was ready to be moved into. The proposition was simple. Hattie, one of Lauren's housemates, but also another colleague of Blockbusters, had her room going spare for a few weeks. And provided I took care of the room, I could stay there rent free. I'm not going to be there over the summer, so it's more than fine, Liam, honestly. She said, as we talked during one of our many shifts together. Oh, come on, Hattie. Are you sure? At least let me give you some money for it, please. No, stop being silly. I'm paying for it whether you use it or not anyway. Just take care of the room and no funny business in there. I know what you're like. She said, laughing. <laughs> I looked at her, expressionless, trying to keep a straight face. <sighs> Excuse me, what does that mean? And what am I like, sorry? Because I'm more behaved, you know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you forget I know you, Liam. She replied. Laughing again. You can cut all the sweet and innocent act. I've seen the way some of these girls behave around you. So I am just saying, as hard as it might be for you, try and behave yourself, yeah? I really liked Hattie. She was always so nice and kind to me. Even when I sometimes probably didn't deserve it. I'd worked with her a number of years. And both her and Lauren always spoke up for me in times of old. Which I really appreciated. She was cute, very attractive on the eyes, and equally funny too. And like Lauren, was taken, but was wise to my flirtatious attempts and seemed totally impervious to my boyish charm, which sometimes drove me insane. That being said, it was a generous offer. And if I didn't already know it, it certainly proved that there were people out there 
who really cared about me. It wasn't her or anyone's responsibility to provide me with a place to stay. I should have been more organized. But wrapped up with myself and the prospect of everyone leaving me again, my judgment was clouded. Retrospectively though, I can't thank her enough for the helping hand. I don't think I saw her again after that summer, but we remain in contact even now. Not exactly in the way I'd like, but I'm proud of her and what she's achieved since leaving university. I certainly miss laughing and joking about with her. You're such a dickhead, Liam. Do you know that? What? Wow! Well, I had to, no need for that. <laughs> and finding new ways of pushing my luck. All right, let me be serious for a second, innit? I promise. Just, just hear me out. So, you can't tell me you've not thought about it. Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Because you know full well I'm talking about me. Yeah, all I'm saying to you is you know you would. You know you would if you could, but you can't. It's no big deal. I get it. <laughs> Dream on, Liam. I'm not falling for this. But when all is said and done, what she did for me that summer and remaining a distant but near friend until now will always prove to be invaluable. And I love her very much, truly. That gesture is one that I'm never going to forget in a hurry. It was also great living with Lauren and the girls. Normally, there were five of them, but two of them had left, leaving Lauren, Steph, and Leanne Milner behind. I've not mentioned Steph and Leanne before, but I worked with a pair of them at Blockbuster 2. I already had previous with Stephanie, because I was very much aware that she had a soft spot for me, but she also had a boyfriend. And although I thought she was cute, my interest in her was far from anything serious. Once the rest of the staff got wind that I had been flirting with her, and following a talking to by Lauren. What? Yo, Lauren, relax, man. I'm not doing anything. I backed off. It wasn't worth the unnecessary drama. And even though I knew she had a small thing for me, there really was no guarantee anything would happen, nor did I really want it to that badly anyway. Leanne, however, was slightly different though. I can't say I ever intentionally set out to mess about with her. I want to, particularly as she was actually a really nice girl. But I'd be forcing it if I said anything otherwise. Our relationship initially wasn't like that. Nor did I expect it to be. But getting involved with her was just a classic case of me pushing my luck. With everything and everyone. And it just sort of escalated from there. She was small, with mousy brown hair. Pretty for sure but not the type I'd have usually gone for. For which to a degree sounds mean, but it's not supposed to be. There's just people we look at and can say for absolute certainty that it's not going to happen. And like Lauren, I expected the same with Leanne. 
Her personality, though, was exemplary. And the fact that she was Scots, my racist colleague's ex-girlfriend, couldn't be ignored. And I guess both of these two factors could have potentially played on my mind subconsciously and made the possibility of messing around with her quite a draw. Scott had taken to pissing me off on a regular basis as of late and had somehow or another become immune to my attempts to embarrass him or the threats I made. So once I got involved with Leanne, it served as a welcome way of knowing in the back of my mind that should he ever find out, it would serve him right. The dude was very much still in love with her and watching them interact with each other since their breakup, <laughs> you could see that she was far from interested anymore. And that alone should have been justice enough. But I wanted more. I can't say the fact that they were ex-partners was the sole motivation, but it was definitely a deciding factor and I didn't feel any remorse. It was the World Cup year in South Africa that summer, so if I ever thought to claim my behaviour was as a result of boredom, then I would have categorically been full of shit, because there was more than enough things to do to keep me occupied. I guess I was still very much addicted to the chase, and any half-hearted attempt thus far I'd made towards Leanne had proved unfruitful. She knew how to keep me at arm's length, which did nothing but frustrate me and made me even more determined to see how far I could go or what I could find out. I'd have told her anything she wanted to hear if it meant I could add another person to the self-imposed fan club and it was always more rewarding knowing someone liked me when I had little or no interest at all. For a little while, it looked like she wasn't at all interested. But after one of my many fishing for compliments discussions with her at work, she let slip that had I not already had a reputation among her friends as being a bit of a trouser snake, the prospect of her and I as anything physical didn't seem that far removed. Once I found that out and knew there was a possibility, convincing her seemed like it would be easy enough. So once I'd moved in with her and the girls, I set about causing as much havoc as I possibly could. But it didn't turn out to be as easy as I thought, because she always insisted on talking to me in front of the other girls, never alone. From there, I estimated it would take a few days before I'd at least get a kiss out of her. But after two weeks of trying, I continued to come up short. And it was only while watching one of the not-so-eventful World Cup group games alone in my room that I had an idea that while outrageous, it was definitely make or break. Will you come downstairs a sec, please? Smiley face. I want to show you something. LOL. Bring it up and 
show me then. I'm not coming all the way down there. I can't. And anyway, stop being lazy and come and see me. It's definitely worth it. I promise. LOL. Sticking out tongue face. I don't know what I expected to happen if she came downstairs. In my head, my plan seemed foolproof. And in hindsight, it could have really gone two ways. But I had not really thought that far ahead. Should what I wanted to do backfire? With no time to back out, I followed through with my plan. But when she came to my bedroom, rather than come in and join me on the bed, as was suggested, she just stood in the doorway and looked super awkward. Hey, hey, hey. come on, you know I don't bite, right? I said, laughing. What do you want to show me then? And make it quick, because I was watching something upstairs. She quipped, totally ignoring my question. I laughed again. <laughs> Raucously this time, but also nervously. And for a moment, I almost thought about changing my mind altogether. But she seemingly sensed my hesitation and instead insisted I get on with it. All right, all right, hold on a minute. I'll do it now, jeez. I didn't need to be told twice. So told her to stay where she was, but close her eyes. Close your eyes, please. And that I would tell her when to open her eyes again. And don't open your eyes till I tell you, right? I then stood up, took a deep breath, and walked over to her before planting a long, sensual kiss on her lips. <sighs> it's mental recollecting this because I'd been given no real indication that doing such a thing would be reciprocated. And judging by the yelp of surprise, <laughs> and look of shock on Leanne's face as our lips touched. That should have been enough to tell me it was a bad idea. But I didn't relent and continued to stand there, eyes closed and lips puckered, waiting for round two. It wasn't until I heard Leanne began to wet herself with laughter, as if I just told her the world's best joke. <laughs> that I decided I needed to somehow save face and quickly turned around, hopped over the bed, turning on my portable CD player and initiating what I can only describe as my attempt at a strict eat. Leanne stood in the door, let out another little yelp <laughs> and clapped her hands in excitement. Whilst I arrived, and stripped down to my boxers, being extra careful to ensure she could see what I was packing before taking it a step further and fully exposing myself to a giggle and then a gasp. <gasps> Deary me, the fact I could stand and flap around in front of someone without any direct consequences or over-the-top reaction made the whole thing seem that much more sexually appealing to me at the time. I think it's called exhibitionism. Is that what it's called? Either way, I can't deny and say the idea of someone watching me do something so intimate didn't turn me on. 
But to all of a sudden find the courage to do so was beyond brave and frankly quite mad and obviously stemmed from my deep-rooted desire to act and be fancied and sexualized at all costs. She pretty much just stood and watched me after that, whilst I upped the ante for about five minutes with speed-varied strokes before I told her to come in, and she did, albeit very hesitantly. If there had been any doubts that she didn't like what was on show, the fact she came in pretty much told me otherwise and filled me with more confidence. So much so that I relaxed even more and just sat down and tried to enjoy it. Well, here we are. Nothing like Scots, right? I purred. She swallowed hard and shook her head. Don't be mean. She whispered, laughing. Although, it's massive, so nothing like Scots. Well, you can touch it if you like. Oh, Lord, give me strength, man. Ah. The whole thing sounds very predatory, in hindsight. And I look back on it now with shock, embarrassment and disgust. But I was in such an impulsive, I can do whatever the hell I wanted headspace at that time, that I would have said or done anything regardless of the appropriateness. I showed no fear and was comfortable enough to display my bits like a zoo animal to Leanne. So, so willy-nilly. Oh, excuse the pun. I guess I made her feel more at ease because she then looked at me in the eye, shrugged her shoulders and then accepted the invitation, holding me whilst I worked away until the more than satisfactory end. She left my room not long after that, with what I could only assume was a smile on her face. And neither of us mentioned the incident again, until a week or so later, when we were home alone in the living room one evening. It was from that discussion, and my insistence that we ought to go for round two, that resulted in our sleeping together. And I'll give her her dues. She did a really, really good job. <laughs> anyway, after that, things just turned more regular. Although I tried to be careful not to arise any suspicions. But when you're living with Lauren, who knows you very well, there's very little you can get past her. That being said, I still think Leanne might have let it slip to Lauren in conversation. But Lauren remained the only person aware of what Leanne and I were doing for a while. Soon, I looked past the good sex and got to just enjoying her company. And when I moved out of Lauren's into my new house in the middle of August, directly across the road from Blockbusters, 
Leanne and I didn't stop seeing each other. That doesn't mean to say there was any chance of things escalating into anything more. I can hand on heart tell you that. But she was truly great company. And as she was due to leave Bristol and move to London later that summer, I was sure I was what she needed at that time too. We were both lonely, so to speak, and she filled an attention gap for me, whilst all my other fans were away. But soon a part of me began to feel she potentially wanted more. And rather than cut the idea down in its prime, I entertained the idea, because I was a dick and clearly like to mess around with people's feelings for my own personal gain. However, no matter how much we discussed the potential possibility of us, there was no way I would have started anything with anyone, let alone her, especially because of the pending long distance. But I kept playing the game because it made me feel good to be wanted. To sum up, I'm not really sure how Scott found out about us after that. I vaguely remember she told him, not to brag, but with how regularly she was seeing me and his desperate attempts to get back with her, it might have seemed like the best thing to do. He of course didn't take the news very well, but I couldn't blame him and he failed to speak to me again as a result. Not that I gave a shit still done. I don't owe him anything. We weren't friends. We were barely even colleagues. And even if I had dealt with, with what I heard him later class as his sloppy second, at the end of the day, Leanne knew deep down that our sexcapades were a lot more fruitful and fulfilling in comparison. And that was all I cared about. She moved away after that and there was talk of seeing each other in London before I started uni again. But I grew tired of the same conversations, and no one was worth chasing hundreds of miles away. So things dwindled, and we stopped speaking altogether. I have no idea what she's doing now. I texted her happy birthday a few years later, and she replied with, thanks, and hope you're well. But apart from that, We've had no contact, nor have I seen her since. I know Lauren is still in contact with her, and I guess if I really wanted to touch base with her, I could. But after so long, I wouldn't know what to say to her, and we weren't exactly that close. Call it, call it a summer romance without the romance. I know I used her for my own means, and I don't say that proudly. She was a nice enough girl, and didn't deserve to have her head fucked with by me. But I was too self-centered and egotistical to feel any remorse or culpability. And without any remnants of a conscience, I just became more and more of a risk taker, and less likely to ever settle down. Things were going my way, in every way imaginable, and I had everything I wanted, 
I truly believed there was absolutely no way I could be harnessed or stopped. And with that level of confidence overflowing and seeping out from the edges, the years to come, and particularly the next 12 months, were going to be my best yet. Yeah.